0: Oh, it's not quite Saturday yet; still Friday. It is Friday morning here on SENZ Breakfast. Izzy and Ricardo, are with you. Welcome to
1: your Friday at four past six. Izzy, how you doing? I'm doing well, Rick dog. Yep, not doing good. Big weekend ahead. Looking forward to doing a bit of a working beat around the house. Last weekend for the kids, go back to school on Monday. Then they have another day off on Tuesday. So be another short week for those kids, but. About time, about time they got back to school, <laughs> they are ready, they are fighting the house down, <laughs> and while we're at it, we'll get them working over the weekend, and get some jobs done, so, got to shoot down to out tire, post the show, and pick up a, a tractor with a slasher, go uh, slash the paddocks, and uh, get everything uh, sorted around the house, and I've still got, you know, remember when we were talking about that little um, that little feature out there, that. Went from a lake dag into a a feature that I'm trying to create. It's like a rock pool, isn't it? Yeah, it's a rock rock pool, rock garden. It's going to be a rock pool after we get a bit of rain. It'll start filling up. So hopefully the drainage still works. But I've got some boulders. I've been um, given a couple of boulders from my good mate down here. I'm going to go pick those up uh, over the weekend, hopefully. My neighbour's got a, a steel company. So I've asked him if he can go and take one of his big trucks to pick up these three big boulders. I'll put them in there. Then I've got some stones. I've got to put down some weed mat. Look, I'm just, I'm just going on my own tour here, mm. and I know there'll probably be some landscape uh, artists, landscapers out there. Uh, if you want to give me any any advice, I, I'm thinking I've got to put down a weed mat. I'm thinking I'm gonna put down the weed mat before I put down these pebbles or these little little stones that'll go through this fidget. We planted the the weeping willows and we put the rocks around the border of it and uh it's just gonna be a slow process. And then I'm hoping to put some little floodlights. Little floodlights up so it's gonna create a little effect at night time. Um but that's the plan. That's the plan. I'll probably get to Sunday and I've done barely bugger all, but I'm going to mow the paddocks anyway. Yeah,
0: I was going to say if you if you've got somewhere that you think mo- is prone to flood or prone prone mm. to hold water, mm. uh, plant pohutukawa because yeah. they're really thirsty. They're really yep. thirsty, so they'll they'll drink it all up for you. So um, I mean they're a good coastal tree.
1: So and they look like a Christmas tree at the right time of year for New Zealand. So there you go. Yeah, I think that's why we're kind of gone down the weeping willows. I think they're a bit thirsty too. They can handle the the wet, um, the wet ground, and I think we're going to plant some some shrubs and, and some bushes uh, that can that can handle the wetlands as well. So uh, that, that that is the plan. But also we'll be chilling out, relaxing after week two. I've been back on the airways and, and talking. About all things sport. There'll be a bit of racing to be had as well and we have got a bit of love racing coming up. We might tip out a couple as New Plymouth tomorrow and I've had a we look at the field. Al Shake Shiroc's got a couple that are running around as well. Um, and I hope these Daggers donation Daggers investment can get us paid is uh, on the weekend mate. You, so what are
0: you up to? Well I was about to say to Robbie, you know what I can you know what's incoming for Monday? Make sure you mm. polish it up and get it ready, mate. The uh, country clueless uh, intro after the Izzy's weekend might need to get rolled out on Monday. I can, I can, I'm foreseeing something
1: like that potentially. <laughs> 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 it's always, uh, it's always uh, a tough one. When I go get the slasher, I am so concerned because I don't know what's in there, Patrick. You mm. <laughs> know, I've bowed it a couple of times and I've been a little bit close to a couple of uh, electrical cables. Look, we don't want to go anywhere near electric cables but um, because I've had a moment when I've hit the power pole in Gizzy and took out the whole of the, uh, the power in, in Wainui. <laughs> uh, that was a disaster <laughs> when I was slashing the paddocks for uh, Daisy's dad. So hopefully we don't have any situation like that, but it's yep. going to be uh, a working bee weekend, yeah, which man. I I'm kind of excited for
0: Oh, good, mate. What are you good. up to? What am I up to this weekend? Probably not too much. My daughter's first mm. day of intermediate school today. so she, Oh, so, hey, you, mate. Yeah. So, How are you? Oh, mate, yeah, excited, fizzing for her. So she had karate last night, and then the missus then does the next karate class after so I go and pick her up at about 7.30. So we got home. So I was like, all right, what do you need for tomorrow? Go get your outfit mm. ready. Go get... Your bag ready, you know, you put all your stationery in it, get all that sorted out. Make your lunch, put that in your li- mm. in your lunch box, put it in the fridge so it's all ready to go in the morning. So yeah, we did all that uh yesterday and uh yeah, she's she's absolutely fizzing for it. So yeah, I can't wait for her to start. Intermediate, to be mate. Intermediate. Yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> Remember those days?
0: Oh, mate, do I what? Do I what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, those were good fun. Those were good fun those days. But I uh, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. I mean, mm, you know how I mean everybody says it, but you know, oh, they grow up so fast. Uh, I had to I had to buy her some new shoes because the intermediate school she's going through, they're only allowed to wear all black shoes. The soles have to be black. Everything has to be black. So I had to go find her some all black shoes. So I found her these sketches that are all black, and I bought her those. She's the same shoe size as my missus now. Okay, she's grown wow. like a weed, mate. She's <laughs> she's. I think I mean I mean like I I still wear old that money. Means? She's going to be lock tall. Lock
1: your clothes up, lock your shoes up, mum, yeah. because they're going to start
0: disappearing slowly. 100%. <laughs> she's 11 and she's five foot two in the same shoe size as her missus,
1: size 9. <laughs> so
0: she's going to be big.
1: Uh, there's going to be plenty of that in my household, no doubt. Tilly's going to start, um, you know, she's already in there using her mum's makeup. i go in there <laughs> and makeup's all over her face and everything. And she comes out in all these outfits. I'm like, what are you doing? You're six years of age. But just on that. Rick, dog. I think I think we need to do this, mate. Well, I think I need to say to you, congratulations. You got the kids through. Uh, you got Laria through the holidays. so I think we need to put a pat ourselves on the back here because I'll be completely honest. Yeah. That was the longest holidays <laughs> in history. <laughs> that was the longest holiday, and my kids kids aren't even back at school. So parents out there that have done it tough, that have slogged through, pat yourselves on the back. Well give done. Give yourself a little nod in the mirror and say we got through it because. It was the longest holiday. I, I feel. Oh, mate! Yeah, it seemed to go on forever. And then Alaria yesterday pops
0: out. I can't believe my holidays are over.
1: I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> my kids are ready. My kids are so ready to go at school. They want to go see their mates. Tilly. They had teacher teacher uh, interviews yesterday. So Tilly and Arlo went and met their teachers for the year. And I told Tilly. She jumped up and said, "Oh, we're going to school! Yay!" Yeah. Jumped up, went and pretty much trying to get her uniform I said, no, oh, relax, you're just going to meet your new teacher. Whereas Ala was like, oh, do we have to? Do we have to? I want to watch TV. I was like, hell no. Get up and get to school, boy.
0: Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Now, uh, coming up on the show today, it uh, is a big one, Zahir Adams, cricket commentator, cricket journalist. He's mm. working at the Under-19 Cricket World Cup at the moment in South Africa. Uh, he knows the South African team very well, which is good because there's not a lot of people that do because there are eight guys no. You could make their debuts in the mm-hmm. squad that's been selected. So he's going to join us after seven o'clock. Kelly Evenden, our Davis Cup captain, mm. as New Zealand get ready to take on Turkey this weekend. He's he's in there before eight as well. And then Nick Evans, former All Black, uh, Harlequins attack coach, and and a, he's done a bunch of roles. Was England attack coach for a, for a short period as well. He joins us after eight o'clock to preview the Six Nations. How how, how up for the Six Nations are you? Is he? Does
1: it excite yeah. you? It does. It's it's a wonderful competition. It's very competitive. I love how the fans get out there, really embrace it. It's always a packed out stadium. Um, yeah, well, this is a an unorthodox um, kind of Six Nations with a whole lot of players that have made their names in Six Nations, not available, not going to be played. I think it's going to be really competitive. And I know you touched on Scotland the other day, I think. Yeah, they'll have a genuine chance of having a a genuine crack at it. Um, So really looking forward to having a chat to Nick Evans about England. They're going to have Marcus Smith out. Uh, Potentially they're going to have, um, you know, no Owen Farrell. as a a new time after falling short in the World Cup. Uh, George Ford is is going to be starting at 10. So it's a, a new looking Um, England side, so looking forward to that and then Kelly Everton, he had a big decision to make, whether he takes Panu or Ajit Rai he's gone with KP Panu um, to back up uh, Rutham Statham, and I want to talk to him about 1980, well 1990 I think it was, when uh, the New Zealand team beat Yugoslavia mm. at Wilding Park in Kreuzhut. I was only two, so I cannot have any memory of it, but I was looking at some reading at it, on it and uh, talked to him about that moment and all the big moments we've had it in the Davis Cup. For a small nation, we do relatively okay, and what are their expectations on taking on Turkey? Because Ruben Statham's had 31 wins in the Davis Cup, so he knows what it means and what it takes to, to win at the Davis Cup. So, looking forward to that chat. He knows how to get it done. All right, let's crack into mm. this.
0: Round
1: one. Three big
0: questions for the day. It is the triple threat. Uh, junior rugby league star, Vili Otumasila's 100-meter <laughs> powerhouse try is a worldwide hit. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, he's mm. a Parramatta football junior um, playing uh, under-18s, and he... Took a kickoff pretty much under his own post, went through 10 defenders, 100 meters, scored this try. He's not just quick, he's huge as well. Mm-hmm. It has now gone over 135 million views worldwide, absolutely uh, blown up. So he's made a name for himself off of this. It got me thinking, is he? What's the piece of play you think you're <laughs> most known for? I mean, are you random places where people go, I remember when you
1: did blah, 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 blah. Now watch this kid go and get poached or get scouted to go somewhere because you think Taniela Tupo, the Tongan Thor, when he blew up at high school and Rugby Australia circled quick, he come out and said he wanted to play for the Wallabies. He went over on a massive deal to play for the Reds and uh, the rest is history now. He's one of the big, biggest names in World Rugby. Um, so watch that space. Uh, for me, I'd have to. it's hard to go past uh, the 2011 World Cup. When someone took it upon themselves to make a meme called "Moves Like Dagger," and it's obviously in reference to the song "Moves Like Jagger," I got the moves like Jagger, and it was that moment where I uh, made a little break, fended Rocky Elsom and I had um, Quay Cooper left uh, in front of me. I try to step him. I got relatively close, and they caught a wee snap when I was in the air, and my whole body was off the, off the ground. And I did that offload to Ma'anone to score in the corner. So that, that blew up, and it was um, and it still blows up. I still get tagged into it today. So that, that will probably be the moment. And the other moment would be against South Africa uh, in Soweto when we won the game in the last moment and I celebrated before putting the ball down, I nearly went dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there'll be two moments that, that that blew up. But I never really had any age-grade moments. Um, none like these boys. Back, let's be honest, when I was back in playing, and there was no social media, there was hardly any phones, mate. I had the Nokia 3210, the blue one, that had unlimited text messaging with no cameras. All they had was snakes on it. So, uh, yeah, look, there was no social media back when I was playing, but... It's totally different now, but those will be my two. Yeah, Viliotto Marcia, you reckon uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that Parramatta can hold on to him? Uh, yeah, he'll be, be the hottest prospect <laughs> in <laughs> terms of rugby and league. Um, I'm expecting him to get
0: scouted pretty hard. Well, DJ Tim reckons he remembers most uh, that semi final against Australia, so that'll be the uh, the moves like dagger uh, move <laughs> as well. All right, let's crack on. Round two. The, uh, yesterday in the Premier League. Spurs mm. were playing Brentford in a bit of a London derby, and they were 1 0 down at half time. And apparently, uh, Ange Postacoglu, the Aussie, who's the Spurs manager, uh, came in and said to them, Brendan Johnson, the Welshman that plays for Spurs, he said afterwards, he says, it was just one of them games. He said, the manager said, once we score one, we'll score two, then we'll score three. Those were his exact words and I just knew that I had to be there then because that's what the manager demands of our wingers, to get to the back post, and when it fell to me, I was happy. You know what they did? Second mm-hmm. half, they scored three goals in the first 10 minutes of the second half. <laughs> so what is the best halftime speech you've witnessed that has turned a game around?
1: <laughs> oh, look, I don't have anything that's going to that's knock that off, um, but I've had some sprays. Yeah, definitely. I've had some moments where I've been sprayed for lack of effort. I haven't had a spray at halftime, but I've had a spray in the review in front of a team. And it was the one and only Steve Hansen. He was as brutal as hell. Because I think as a coach, you don't want to come in all guns blazing because we're under so much pressure and we're under so much um, heat out there in in that moment. And you're going to miss a few things. So coaches will try and... Reference a few things that tactically, technically, we could do better. Where the space is. They'll show us clips. I've had plenty of that happening. But I've had sprays post the game in a review when Steve Hansen has gone out of his way to single out a couple of players and just put a few bullets into them. <laughs> it's, been, it's been brutal. And I think I've talked about this one. But it was against the, the, the Brisbane... Uh, it was against Australia Wallabies in Brisbane. And, yeah, I was... Jogging back after Brian Habano, I think it was Francois holgard made a ba- um, made a break. But there was a couple of other blokes around me that were jogging back as well. And he just goes to me, do you not care? Do you not no. want to wear this jersey? Do you not want to represent the all Does that food mean nothing to you? Look at you. You don't care. Do I have to take that jersey off you and give it to someone else? And uh, it, it hurt. It really hurt when someone questions you. Uh, your your credibility or, or your care factor so um yeah that that's kind of the worst I've had um but no half time motivation basically at half time with well, the teams I've been in we've been we've been smoking them <laughs> oh, it's, it's easy when you're that good i suppose you don't need the half time <laughs> speeches
0: uh, I do remember the legendary Grizz Wiley there's a story mm. that that came out. Uh, and the, there's a Canterbury team that he was coaching, and it was in the early 80s, eighty one and they they went to Wellington to play Wellington for the Ranfurly Shield, mm. and they did nothing in the first half, right? So halftime, they go in the sheds, and they're down. And it, allegedly, this is the story, Wiley walked in the sheds, and he went something, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I've been told the story a few times. You blokes... Can either go out there and play footy and come home with me and the shield on the plane, or you can if <laughs> and swim and walk out again.
1: <laughs> and they
0: and they won the Ranfili Shield.
1: <laughs> Here you go, mate. Just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. I've had some sprays. Don't get me wrong. Pretty simple. Like you know when no one when we know when you're in the wrong when you go in there, Chandru, and your coach. And when I say coach, Tabai Matson is bright red, yep. is bright red, and he is fuming. And he and the we you get you, uh, where you get it from is you look at him and he can't even get a word out. He can't even make sense. He is that he is that heated. Yeah. <laughs> and he just can't even say anything. So you kind of know um, that you need to uh, you need to kick up the butt side. So yeah, that's basically. I've had a few. Round three. Uh, there's a celebration
0: beef in the EPL mm. now. This is uh, this is the same game, right? It's it's Brentford versus Spurs. Spurs big playmaker stars, James Madison's been out injured for a little while, but his goal celebration is he runs to the corner and then pre- pretends to throw a dart at the dartboard, right? And that that's his goal celebration. Well, Brentford striker Neil Mopai, he scored the opening goal of the game, runs to the corner where the Tottenham fans are. Throws a dart like does the Madison goal celebration <laughs> it heated things up a wee bit. James mm, Madison mm. later said, "I guess he doesn't score very many goals, so he had to steal my celebration." So <laughs> he kind of That's a good one. He got, he, got, he got him in there. Uh, there was a bit of a bit of Argy around it, and at full time there was pushing and shoving between a few players. Ange Postacoglu said. These boys think they're tough. If they're that brave, get them in a UFC octagon and see how they go. We here to play football, not fight. So he, he, just, he just absolutely ripped both teams, including his own. But, uh, yeah, goal celebrations. I mean, when you're a player, whether it's at the Satyrs, whether it was the All Blacks, whatever, did you guys work on it? Because you do see teams that have that thing where they go and work on their goal
1: celebrations or their tri-celebrations after training. I'll tell you right now, when I was playing for the All Blacks, there is no way in hell that we would have been able to do a try celebration with Richie McCall <laughs> and Kevin Mielamu, Tony Woodcock. There is no chance. You get up and you run back, you get in that huddle and we are next task focus. <laughs> so there's no way. For the, for the ABs, you just you run back. The the worst thing I did was point, you know, put my hand up and celebrated for a try and then when I scored it you know, I was on top of the world, just won the game for the ABs against South Africa. I was running back, and Mules Molina didn't applaud me. He, rip, he ripped me shreds. <laughs> he said, no, you do not celebrate before you put the ball down. So I learned my lesson in, in my third test, playing for the ABs, never do that again. But in saying that, in my second year, my first year, sorry, for the Hollanders, mm-hmm. we had a, a post try celebration award. So if you scored a try, they had a pallet of spades up for grand for the best post-try celebration. So we went through the season, and I came second place. <laughs> the, the person that won it was uh, Michael Hobbs, Hobbsie. they called him um, the butcher boy. Now, I won't say why, but, <laughs> okay. but when he scored a try... He had a, he had a, a piece of meat hanging from the from the um from the rafters and he started cutting it up and then threw it away. That was the winner. But uh I came second place and I, you ever played this game, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yes. You know Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. Okay, so I scored a try and when Crash Bandicoot scores a try, he goes. Like, this and he goes <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs off <laughs> so I scored a try against the Blues and they were telling me do a post try post celebration yeah. and I was like so embarrassed this is my first year playing Super Rugby I did the Crash Bandicoot celebration when you pass the stage <laughs> um so that was <laughs> so I did get caught up with it in my first year of Super Rugby but after that I didn't go anywhere near it you leave it to the, to the All Souls the boys from the islands like Julian Salvia um you know uh, those kind of guys um they, they, they got a bit of flow and a bit of style, because if you go back, you might see it. I'll try and find the clip. There's a clip of it where right, I do the Crash Bandicoot. It is awkward as hell. Oh, that is,
0: uh, that is too good. That is too good. <laughs> you just imagine. If people that hadn't seen Crash Bandicoot see you doing that, they're like, hang on a minute. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know you kind of have to know the game to do and to be honest i there's more moves that crash bandicoot does when he passes the stage but that was the easiest one was yeah. just D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. yes <laughs> so oh
0: oh say no more because it yeah it, yeah it looks like you're doing something else but all right
1: there you go that, <laughs> that is
0: that is triple threat